0: Morning, all shores. Welcome to church on this beautiful August morning. If you want to have um, stand with me, we're going to start worship.
1: there's something awesome that happens when the people of God come together with one purpose unified by the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit is already here he's present he is with us because he lives in us and more importantly when we come together in a place like this and we worship together when we sing songs of praise and worship I believe God does something in our hearts I believe he works through the power of his spirit to strip away our selfish desires, the things that we bring into this place. And he replaces those things with his heart, with his desire. And the scriptures teach us that God's heart is that his love is spread and shared, not only amongst us, but in our world around us. That when we come together in this place, we feel God's love, but then we are sent to give God's love to others throughout our week. And as I was praying over the set for this morning, just sensed that there was a song that God was bringing to mind. And it's a song we haven't sung in a while, but the words are just so powerful. And there's one phrase in particular where the song says, God, your kingdom come, your will be done here as in heaven. That's straight from the Bible. That's from Jesus when he gives the Lord's prayer that when we say those words, we are asking God to align our hearts with his purpose. So I want us to sing this song today. And as we sing this, make this a prayer of your heart. And I recognize you may be in a place today where as some of us might've walked in and aren't even feeling close to God right now. But my prayer is that through this song that you encounter his presence. Most importantly, you know his love for you, his amazing unconditional love for you. So we're going to sing this together. I just want to invite you to engage as we sing this song. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around. That the Spirit of the Lord is here. Let's sing that again. The atmosphere is changed. Spirit of the Lord is here, and the evidence is all alive. that the Spirit of the Lord is here. Overflow in this place, fill our hearts with Declare to this together spear Cheers. spirit of the Lord
2: is A miracle,
1: a miracle can happen now. For the spirit It's our prayer, your kingdom come.
0: Our God deserves all the glory and the honor and the praise. Amen. As we enter into a time of prayer this morning, I want to invite you, as is our custom here, that if you are going through something in life right now where you are just asking for prayer, where you are asking for God's intervention in your life, we want to invite you just in a step of boldness to be willing to take a seat and just to allow people around you just to come over you, to lay hands on you, to be able to pray alongside you, to remind you that as we ask God to intervene that you are not alone. I also wanna call attention to, we have Nico and Audrey Suarez over here. Can you guys just raise your hand? We have some of our missionaries from Colombia here. They are working with vulnerable youth and with incarcerated people down in Colombia, just to help bring the message of the gospel to them. And if you are around them right now, we would love to invite you as well to extend your hands or to lay hands on them just to pray over them and the mission work that they are doing down in Colombia. Just will you bow your heads with me as we just go before the Father in prayer. God, we are so grateful to be gathered in your house this morning, united under one name, the name of Jesus Christ. And as we are gathered together, we recognize that while some are celebrating great joys and triumphs and amazing ways where they have seen your love and miracles, we recognize there are just as many, Lord, that are going through struggles that are going through difficulties, that are going through hardships, that are asking for your provision, for your protection, for your healing, for your grace, and for your love. And so we just pray for each and every person, whether they are in this room worshiping with us, Lord, whether they are out in the community, whether they are family that lives far, whether they are friends, they are neighbors, we just pray for a tangible sense of your presence right now over each and every person that they would be reminded of your love and of your power in and through their lives and their situations, God. And we are just thankful to be gathered together as a body. We know that we are not the only body that is gathered together worshiping under your name. And so we lift up Covenant Life Church this morning. We thank you for the place that you have given them in our community. And we pray over their pastors, over their volunteers, over their staff, over their congregation, that they would just continue to receive the richness of your blessing, that you will provide them with resources, with an uplifting of your spirit, and that they will just continue to see your provision upon them. And we continue to pray over Nico and Aubrey. We thank you for bringing them here safely, that they're able to come and share of the work that God is doing down in Columbia as they are partnering with your Holy Spirit to do the good work that you have called them to. And so we pray that as they're reaching out to vulnerable youth in the area, as they are working with those who have been incarcerated to bring the hope and the message of the gospel, that you would just continue to speak through them. Holy Spirit, that it would be your words as they share with the people, as they share with neighbors and friends and people whom they've never met, that you would just work through them to continue to bring the good news of the gospel to the people in Colombia. that you will keep them safe, that you will continue to provide them with resources, that you will give them strength in the midst of their difficulties, and that you will continue to honor and bless the work that they are doing in your name. Lord, again, we are just grateful to be gathered together. We pray that for each and every one of us, we continue to experience the richness of your blessings and continue to pursue a loving relationship with you, not just for the rest of today, not just for tomorrow, but for the rest of our weeks, months, and our lives, Lord. And so it is in your son's holy and mighty name, we pray all of these things, amen, amen. Well, you guys may have a seat. I wanna welcome you to All Shores Wesleyan Church this morning, our Spring Lake campus. We hope that you have been welcomed warmly. If you are new, my name is Pastor Aaron. I serve as our high school pastor here. And if we have met before, you may notice that something looks a little different. So let me just Clear the elephant in the room. This is not a new shirt, but thank you guys so much for noticing. I hoped, you know, somebody would say something, but we're just so grateful and excited that you are here to celebrate and worship with us this morning. If you are new here, or if you are just looking for further opportunities to get plugged in and connected, feel free, use the... QR code and check out our Connect card. We would love to pray with you. We would love to be able to walk with you wherever you're at in your journey and help you continue to take steps to find and follow Jesus. As we get to this point in our service, this is also our time where we give of our tithes and offerings. We want to thank you for your continued generosity towards our church that allows us just to continue the mission and vision here across all three of our campuses, in our communities and globally as we seek to continue to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to every corner and to make him known. So if you are someone who regularly gives, we appreciate that. We are grateful for that. We encourage you just to continue with your generosity. And as you see on the screen behind me, if you are a new giver, we do have ways that you can give online or physically. We also have some black boxes by the exit, but no, if you are a guest, there is no obligation to give. We hope that our service is gift enough to you. And so as we continue on this morning, as we will hear from Pastor Evan and hear another ministry highlight, I want to direct your guys' attention to the screen as we have a few video announcements.
3: Holy Spirit, would you speak now to each person? Lord, whether that is through uh, thought, picture or a sense to respond in obedience or an invitation to respond to you, but you just speak. Some of you have never made the decision to follow Jesus, You've never responded to this very reality that he came, he lived, he died, he rose again, that he meets you in the depth of your sin, in the waters of sin. today, if you're going, I think this is true, just ask Jesus to be with you in your sin and forgive you because his death brings forgiveness. So ask for it. God, would you forgive me for the mess I've gotten and the mess I've done and the sin I've committed? And then for any of you who do that, Holy Spirit, would you fill them fresh and begin to bring new life and new seed of that out of them. And Lord, I pray this as well. We will become people that bring and witness baptism to others and offer hope and life in the depth of their struggle. I ask this in your name and in your
0: Can we agree on one thing together? That our youth, our teens, our sixth through 12th graders are facing new pressures and new challenges in today's day and age in this society than they ever have been before. We know that across the age graph, across the spectrum of grades that we have here at All Shores, students are facing a variety of pressures from struggles with mental health through wrestling with questions about their identity and where they belong to feeling immense societal pressure about having to look a certain way, having to have this or that, what they can or they can't do, what they should or shouldn't believe in or follow. So our goal here as our team of warehouse pastors, as our high school pastor and as my co-pastor in middle school, Lindsay, would say, our goal here at our warehouse student ministry at All Shores Wesleyan Church across all three campuses is to provide a safe and safe And welcoming and open environment for students to continue to recognize and come to the understanding that their identity, that their belonging, who they are and where their value is, is not found in anything temporal in this world. But is found instead in the message and in the person of Jesus Christ and pursuing a relationship with him. And so we seek to do that through gathering together, building intentional community with our pastors and our volunteers and fellow students. And as we seek to continue to further our mission and vision of reaching students across all three campuses, we need you. And so as we need you, I want to see if you can picture yourself in any of these roles because we need you to be willing to be the in on the next student basketball game and to relive your glory days in high school with them. We need you to be the next four-square champion and show these kids how it's done. We need you to be willing to be a student cheerleader, not just when they're playing crazy games or worshiping at warehouse, but when they're performing at their sporting events in their plays and musicals and their band concerts, their choir concerts, and everywhere in between. We need you to be the person that gets excited and lights up when you see it finally click for a student as they're engaging in God's word or as they're finally willing to bring those prayer requests that they've been holding for so long to the surface as they finally start to understand who God is in their lives. We need you to be willing to be the change and to help partner with the Holy Spirit to see this next generation continue to grow and grow more and more into loving and following Jesus. Well, Pastor Lindsay and I would love to engage with you as we are coming up on the end of our summer season, as we are moving back into our fall warehouse season. We have so many exciting opportunities as we are looking to grow and expand our middle school and high school warehouse student ministries, offering new opportunities and going in places and our campuses where we haven't before. And we need you to help us continue to be a mentor, to be a role model, to be somebody these students can look up to as we are continuing to share the love and the message of the gospel so if you're here in Spring Lake we have a table set up in the lobby myself and pastor Lindsay will be around we would love to interact and engage with you we also have our campus pastors pastor Josh and pastor EJ who would love to speak with you if you are at one of their campuses as well we are just so excited for the ways that God is working and moving and growing our student ministry and we would love for you to be a part of it. Whether it's nine people, whether it's 11 people, whether it's 17 people, if you have a calling to help shape the next generation, the future generation of our world, and the future generation of this church, we would love to have a conversation with you and see how we can continue to change students' lives. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your worship service.
4: Well, happy Sunday, everybody. So glad that we all get to be here together today. My name's Evan. If we haven't had the chance to meet, and man, I'm so excited to be up here. I do wanna welcome all of our campuses, Muskegon, Coopersville, all of you who are watching online. Come on, Spring Lake. Can you show your church family some love? (laughs) One church, three locations. We are in the second week of a four-week series called Inside Out. And it really is gonna talk about two sides of the same coin, how we relate to God, and then, also, and then in light of that, how we relate to others and the world. And to do that this morning, we're gonna be in one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible, Psalm 119. But before we do that, we pause every single week to acknowledge that most of us, most of the time, are moving way too fast. So fast that we probably can't hear what God wants to say to us. And so I just want to give you a moment to silently affirm that whatever God has for you in this time, whatever he wants to say to you, that you actually want to hear it. And then I'll pray for us. So go ahead and do that now. Holy Spirit, we come here today on purpose wanting to hear from you, wanting you to enlighten us, encourage us, help us. I pray for every single person in the sound of my voice that you would open up our ears and open up our hearts for the word that you have for us today. It's in Jesus' name we pray and everybody said amen Amen, and amen. Well, to focus our time together today, we're going to be trying to answer one question that comes out of the text. Here it is. How do I get unstuck? How do I get unstuck? At every campus and every location, no matter where you live, you might live in Coopersville, Muskegon, Spring Lake, Fruitport, Grand Haven. Here's what I know. For most of us, most of us are not where we wish we would be in our relationship with God. And that's especially true this time of year because we live in the great mitten state. Come on, somebody. The great mitten state. We get so many weeks of sunshine a year. We soak it up every night, every week, every weekend. We're like little squirrels. Instead of storing away nuts for the winter, we are storing away vitamin D. And at some point throughout the summer, we get to a place where we look back and we realize that somewhere along the way, our regular rhythms, including how we spend time with God, have fallen by the wayside. So the question this morning is, how do we get unstuck Now, just to give you a heads up for our verse this morning, let me give you some context. We're in Psalm 19. We're going to come back to the same verse again and again and again. Psalm 119 is officially the longest chapter in the entire Bible. All of its 176 verses. And the entirety of Psalm 119 talks about God's word and, its, and his presence as its focus and what role that should play in our lives. It contains some of the most beautiful ideas and words in all of scripture. And my, one of my absolute favorite is this verse, verse 18. Here's what it says. Open my eyes so that I may behold wondrous things out of your law open my eyes so that i may behold wondrous things out of your law. Now you probably don't know this about me, but i have been going through and rewatching every Indiana Jones movie leading up to the most recent release. Okay? I haven't seen it yet, so no spoiler alerts. But this is what i this is what i see in every Indiana Jones movie. He comes across the same thing every time. And that's a trap floor. Not a trap door, a trap floor. And what makes the trap floor similar is that everything looks safe. All parts of the floor look like it's safe to walk on. But you don't really discover the danger underneath until you step and place your weight on it. And so the key to Indiana Jones' success or his untimely death is whether he knows where to step before he steps. And I think the same is true for you and me in life. That scripture teaches us that God's word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. The whole goal of scripture is to teach us where to step and where not to step before we step. See, most of us think of the Bible as a test, but God's word is not a test. Life is the test. Life is where, depending on where you step, the decisions you make, how you respond to that person, where you choose to invest your time, that it results in the consequences of your decision. Scripture, then, provides answers for the problems that you and I face in our lives. And I think this is the first insight we can draw out of our text this morning. Remember, we're trying to answer the question, how do I get unstuck? Here's the first thing that we see. Change where you're looking. Change where you're looking. Here's what I know. Our heart goes where our eyes show. Our heart learns to love where our eyes regularly look. For most of us in the room at every campus, statistically speaking, we spend more time putting on and taking off our shoes every day than we do intentionally spending time with our Creator. Is it any wonder why our lives are so fractured, so broken, so hurting, so hurried, so anxious? Oh Lord, open our eyes. Here's that same verse again, verse 18. Here's what it says. Open my eyes. So that I may behold wondrous things Out of your law, so that I may behold. Now you probably already know this, but there's a difference between seeing something and beholding something. If I were to ask you if you've seen the Disney Pixar movie Inside Out, first of all, I hope the answer would be yes, okay? (laughs) Otherwise, we're gonna have a watch party right after service. If I were to ask you if you've seen that movie, I'm asking a very general question. I'm not asking who you saw it with, I'm not asking where you saw it, I'm not asking what was going on in your life when you saw it, I'm just asking if at some time over the last eight years you saw it. But if today you were to go out with a group of people and stargaze on the beach at night where stargazing is the best, and if someone were to blurt out while you were stargazing, hey, a shooting star, did you see it? They would be asking a very different question, a specific question question. You had an unknown moment looking in a specific direction for a short window of time. And if you didn't already see it by the time that person blurted out what they did, you likely will never see it at all. What if engaging with God in scripture is less like watching a movie? Oh, I'll get to it when I have time. And more like spiritually seeing a shooting star. Something time sensitive. Something that briefly passes by. Something that you only see if you're already looking. Open my eyes so that I may behold wondrous things. This is a second insight I think we can draw out of our text this morning. Remember, we're trying to answer this question how do I get unstuck? Here's what we see. Examine your motivation. Examine your motivation. A person does not stargaze to conquer something, accomplish something, or prove something. It's not something that you can always drive to see or turn it on and off at your will. It's not something you're in control of. It's simply something that you deem worthy enough to simply be attentive to. You don't know what'll happen, but you carve out time to simply watch and wait. What if God had wonderful things hidden for you in Scripture? What if Scripture wasn't a daily dose of guilt and condemnation that so many people, so many people think it is? What if, instead, hidden in the, in the pages, in the stories of Scripture, there was actually timely, applicable, beholding-type moments waiting for you? Moments, even more than seeing a shooting star, which, beautiful though it might be, has no impact on your day-to-day life. What if, in the pages of Scripture, Laid the lessons, encouragements, convictions, and moments of clarity that you and I need to actually live meaningful lives. What if, when you spend time with God, you didn't have to show off? What if you just had to show up? What if you didn't have to prove anything? What if you just had to make a point of acknowledging your need? What if you didn't have to give anything big or shiny? You just had to open up your hands to receive whatever God had for you that day? What if God could actually give you exactly what you need in order to live a life worthy of the calling that He's given you? Here's that same verse one last time Open my eyes so that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Most of us think of the law or laws as a what. But in reality, laws are not as much a what as they are a who. Laws didn't appear out of thin air. You can't go find them in nature. Laws are not like trees or rocks or rivers that you can actually find. Laws were created by people. And depending... On what laws you follow or what laws others enforce you to follow, it signifies what group of people you belong to. When the author says, open my eyes so that I may behold wonderful things out of your law, what he's really saying is I want to experience the wonderful things earmarked for your people. That God's law was not checked out of a library one day that it was carefully guarded, added to, edited by, and treasured by his people for thousands of years. This is the third insight I think we can draw out of our text this morning. I remember trying to answer this question, how do I get unstuck? Here it is. Choose who you're doing life with. Choose who you are doing life with. Most of us treat community like a bomb shelter. Unless the threat is nuclear, we'd rather do without. We know it's there. We know it's accessible if we really want it, but we've convinced ourselves that we don't really need it to get through life. A week and a half ago, our church hosted the Global Leadership Summit here at our Spring Lake campus. It was so good. You should definitely join us next year. One of the speakers on Friday talked about the latest epidemic in the United States. She was citing one of the latest reports by the United States Surgeon General, which put loneliness as deadly as smoking 12 cigarettes a day. The report states that loneliness increases the the risk of premature death by 30%. It also has a greater risk associated with it in regards to having a stroke and heart disease, and it elevates a person's likelihood for experiencing depression, anxiety, and dementia. She said that 58% of us in any given room would identify as lonely. She also said 20% of that number would only ever admit it. We're trying to answer this question, how do I get unstuck? I have some bad news for you. You probably can't do it alone. I also have some good news for you. You don't have to. I don't think there's any prize for those of us who get through life mostly on our own. I don't think there's any VIP suite. I think for those of us who choose through life mostly on our own, I think we'll get to heaven one day and god asks ask a very simple question. Why? Why did you choose to forsake the one thing that I made sure to leave in order to help you? Each other. That if God wanted you and I to live alone or for it to be just us and him, he would have created, he could have created a world where just you and I exist. Or at the very least, he would have transported you to a beautiful tropical island so that you could be by yourself. Whether you like it or not, whether you feel like you need it or not, whether you make time for it enough, the principle stands, we need each other. This is how Liz Bohan and the speaker at GLS ended her talk. This is what she said. She said, your need for others is not a flaw. It's a feature. There's a reason. It was put there by God. Your need for others isn't a flaw. It's a feature. This picture is a picture of some of our fifth and sixth grade students that spent time together this summer. I want you to imagine go back in time and imagine when you were 12. I know that's painful for some of us, okay? How if you when you were 12, how did you spend your summer? Because these kids every single week came together, opened up scripture and sought God together. I think that's so incredible. I admire their passion, their drive, their curiosity for who God is and how that should impact their world. Here are some of the highlights they shared from from this group, being a part of this group that studied scripture together this summer. Rose said the one thing holding her back before all this was the confusing words in scripture. Colton said the same thing. He said, I can't help but think of boring when it comes to the Bible. I was having a hard time understanding what was going on. Mabel said that when she's alone, she often gets distracted by other things. It's hard to focus. But then, she said, learning how to connect with God and Scripture in a group has inspired her to do it more on her own. Izzy said, simply being with others has motivated and inspired her not just to connect with God and Scripture, but to go to church on Sundays. Micah said this. He said, the Bible just makes more sense when you read it with others. And I love this quote. He says, even if you're already smart, everyone can learn so much from other people. This whole time we've been trying to answer one question. How do I get unstuck? Here's what we see. By consistently experiencing belonging in the act of beholding. By consistently experiencing belonging in the act of beholding. I want to show you a picture of one of the most holy places that I go to on a regular basis. Holy meaning set apart, special, not ordinary. Spending time with God is like stargazing. This would be my stargazing mecca. And I'm going to show it to you. And if you know where it is at any of our campuses or online, I want you to shout it out. Okay, where is this picture? Panera, Panera. Panera. come on, somebody. (laughs) This is the table where week after week after week, I gather with a group of guys early in the morning and we spend time in scripture together. And usually this table is covered with coffee and bagels, I think if manna had a picture in the Bible, it would be of a cinnamon crunch bagel (laughs) just popping up out of the ground. Can I tell you what we do every week? We start off our time and it's early in the morning. We're not there to judge each other. We're not there to fix each other. We're not there to tell each other what to do. All we do, we open up scripture and before we read it, we just pray a very simple prayer. You say, Holy Spirit, will you help us understand what we read today? We know that without you, we probably won't get it. But would you help us understand what we read today? And then we spend time in scripture and, and what's happened week after week after week, all of a sudden our belonging starts to grow. So we look across the table from somebody and we say, you know what? He's not that different than me. He struggles with the same things I do. Man, I love the perspective that he always brings when we read Scripture together. And at least once a week, it doesn't happen during the whole conversation, but at least once a week, spiritually speaking, at some point, it's like a shooting star goes across. An idea, a conviction, an encouragement. And we all see it together. It's a beholding-type moment in the midst of belonging. You might say, Evan, what do I actually do here? Can I just encourage you? Can I give you three of the simplest things that I could think of to help you this week? The first would be this, change something. Your life and my life are perfectly designed for the results we're currently getting. That if you don't change something, nothing will change. I don't know, it doesn't even have to be big. I know, I know sometimes it might be the time you go to bed. Maybe it's the time you wake up. Maybe it's what you choose to do on your way to work or what you choose to do on the way home, what you look at on your break. I don't know what it is. Maybe you don't even know where to start in scripture. Maybe you have the desire, but you just feel stuck. We have a, a series devotional that you can go along with that actually goes along with these messages that every day just gives you a couple verses that you could spend time in and spend with God. You can find that at allshores.org slash, and then the series title, Inside Out. Change something. The second one is this. Examine somewhere. For you and me, usually, we're most blind to the areas we're most familiar with. We're most blind to the areas we're most familiar with, is that most of the time you and I we need we need an outside opinion. We need some help. I love this proverb, it popped up in my One Year Bible this week. It says, Everyone thinks that their way is right. But the Lord weighs the heart. You and I need to spend some time and invite God to weigh our hearts, to examine our motives. Change something, examine somewhere. Last one is this. Choose someone. If you're waiting for the perfect person to lock arms with, for the perfect group, for the perfect church, you and I, we're going to be waiting on and into eternity. Because perfect doesn't exist outside of God. But that should not prevent us from doing life with somebody, with a few people. It doesn't have to be everybody. You and I were not created to do life alone. We have groups starting up in a month at all of our campuses. We say our groups are as diverse as we are. I'll just just tell you, we don't have enough groups for everybody to be a part of. That we need more spaces where people can be known and where people can know others. I just encouraging me and join a group. Start a group. Change something. Examine somewhere, Choose someone. What's your next step? I don't know what it is. I'm not your Holy Spirit, but you have one. Someone who loves you, someone who knows you, they know exactly what you're facing. I don't think God brought you here this morning to, to judge you or to tell you you're not doing enough or to tell you how disappointed he is in you. I believe this to my core, that we have a God who has done everything and will do anything to be in relationship with us. He just wants you. What's your next step? I just want to take a moment to give you space. Maybe God will speak to you in a way that he never has before. Would you just bow your head and close your eyes? I'd love to pray for you. And we do. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak. That you would lead. That you would take an active part in our life. That, that you promise if we surrender the reins that you take them up. That you don't force us. You don't corral us. You don't jostle us. You wait until we're ready. And I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. God, would you help them where they need it? Would you lead them? Would you guide them? Would you help them examine themselves? Would you offer them new life? I also just want to take a moment to pray for those of you who When you walked in today to one of our campuses, when you turned on, when you flipped up the laptop, when you turned on your phone, that you would say, I don't know what it looks like to be in a relationship with God. And maybe at some point through today, some point through our service, you feel something stirring in you and you feel like you should respond. I just want to create a moment. I don't want to run past it. Where if God's inviting you to take a step that you can respond to him, Maybe it's for the first time. Maybe it's for the first time in a long time. And I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I just want to know who I'm praying for. So at every campus, you can do it online. Will you just slip up your hand? Yes, I see you. Yes, I see you. Yes. Yes. Just pray these words and pray these words in your own words. Say heavenly father, I hear you calling. I hear you inviting me in. And I want to do my part. I want to respond. To mark this moment. Just pray this. Say holy spirit, I can't do this on my own. Will you come and cleanse me from the inside out? Will you wash me clean? Will you put a new and right spirit within me, one that wants to follow you, one that longs to spend time with you? And would you give me exactly what I need in order to live a life worthy of the calling that I've been given? And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Can you welcome some new brothers and sisters into the family church? So awesome. Here's what I'll say, if that's you, if, if that's you this morning, I'll say it again. You don't have to do this alone. We would love to come alongside you. We have a whole team of people who would love to encourage you, help you, give you some resources. All you have to do is let us know. And you can do that on that connection part card, whether it's online or in the lobby. You can mark my decision today. We would love to send you some things this week just to celebrate with you for that choice. And now we're going to do what we do every week, which is honor the Lord and worship the Lord through what the church calls communion. And so if you, if you got one of those little cups, we're going to come back to that partway through the song. If you didn't, I just encourage you, go out into the lobby if you want one. There's still a lot left. But why don't we stand and let's worship together, let's sing together, and then we'll honor the Lord through communion. Jesus loved you so much that thousands of years before you and I came to be is that he made a choice to sacrifice himself, to give of himself so that while we live, that we can have a choice to follow him, to experience newness of life. And that's why every Sunday when we come, we celebrate the choice, the decision that Jesus made on our behalf. That on his last night, Jesus chose to do life with the people that he invited into his world for the last three years. And they had a supper together. And he, during that supper, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. And so we do that together, church. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood of a new covenant shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Drink this, all of you, in remembrance of me. So we do that together as well. Let's continue to sing. I'll say it again, you and I, we do not have to do this alone. That's why God gave us each other. That's why God gave us the Holy Spirit who goes before us, who lives inside of us. So why don't you place out your hands? I'd love to give you a blessing as we close. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, may he go with you. May he go before you. May God's face shine upon you. May he remind you of how much he cares about you and that he's with you always. It's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. We love you, church. We'll see you next week.